Footy and Frothies, uh, 4th of August 2021. Ollie Daggy and Barney with you to go through the review of uh, a cracking round 20 of Rugby League, uh, which we got played eventually after losing the Saturday, um, thanks to the fabulous Queensland government. But we, uh, we got there in the end and there was some pretty good footy along the way. We learned some things. Maybe we, uh, we had some more questions raised, but we'll get into all of it. Barney boy, how's uh, lockdown life? Let me take the night on Monday, um, <laughs> I was struggling a little bit Tuesday morning after sitting up watching the Sharks, yeah. but no, no, it was good. Um, Saturday was a bit boring, but we, we filled some time there and had a good chat between the boys, which was nice. But yeah, as, as I say, pretty much every week for the last month, it's you know very similar to what happened the week before. Yeah. Ollie, anything to report? Uh Pretty much been up to the same with you blokes. Although last night it was nice, had a catch up with friends from school, and also ended up chatting to our good friend Trev uh, for a few hours, which is nice to hear from him uh, during lockdown. Obviously, he's been talking to us in the chat net, but good to have a a, a bit of a one on one with him. And um, yeah, that was good. Yeah, good, good. Um, and shout out to him. He's uh, in the CBD, so just a bit out of the Western Sydney. Bubble, uh, still battling away like the rest of uh, majority of Metro New South Wales. Yeah, it's life treating the dags though. Good, start a new role officially on Monday, so a uh, bit of luck out of uh, the last month. So officially nice. starting with the new gig. So looking forward to that and uh, some opportunities. Congrats! Out. So all going good um, and enjoying the footy and Ren's actually looking forward to round twenty one as much as, if not more than I did last round. So. We'll get into it. Uh, we'll get into oh, homeschooling. That's heaps of fun too, by the way. Um, <laughs> but the girls are pretty good. They're not too bad. Uh, the missus has lost her marbles doing it, but that's fine. Um, nothing new there. Uh, let's get to some news. Um, I guess Queensland-wise, they've moved all games back to uh, southeast Queensland, so it's all, it would all be played at uh, the Suncorp, which started to look very, very... Tired by the end of the Manly game, I thought. That could be a concern. Uh, I don't know how good four-day backup is. I don't. Uh, have the, I guess they just pour water into it for two days and hope for the best. But yeah, feel it with sand. <laughs> feel it with sand. Uh, so Seabus and Suncorp will host all of that. Uh, I don't have the exact breakdown, uh, breakdown but um, they're mainly doubleheaders, aren't they, Ollie? Yeah, I think so. I, I think it's um, it'll be one stadium hosts each, each day. So I think it's uh, – I know Sunday's got um, got Seabus because the Titans are playing. I think Saturday's um, the Suncorp games and then Friday and Thursday. Very good. Um, I guess the other scheduled news is the Sydney Morning Herald today have reported that they expect the Rugby League World Cup will be postponed 12 months. Uh, board meeting will happen, I guess, overnight our time. And I suppose by the time most people hear this, they'll know one way or another. But uh, common sense has prevailed and they've realised there's no point running it without the two favourites there. Um, anything to add on any of those? I didn't mind the concept of having the Indigenous teams go and fill their spots. But, um, yeah, as you said, obviously there's, uh, they've decided to to move it on. So, Ollie? Yeah, I've had a few people... Uh, get in contact with me that I know through International Rugby League and Australian Rugby League fans, you know, complaining that it's now being postponed, that it's all Australia and New Zealand's fault because they're, they're quote-unquote um, soft and, um, you know, 
they're they're letting the game down or whatever. But honestly, I just said I'd prefer it to be a fully fledged competition in 2022. Um, the way England is tracking in, in terms of you know attendance at sporting events, well, they nearly had a full Wembley Stadium for the Euro finals last week, and I believe if the World Cup had gone ahead this year, they would still have sanctions on how many people could go. At least, hopefully, by this time next year, they're allowed to have full stadiums, so we can have full stadiums over there for a World Cup and have everyone who qualified for the tournament uh, playing. Yeah, no, fair enough. Um, Yeah, obviously logical there. Um, Injury news we'll run through quickly. There's a few out of the weekend. I guess the big one, uh, well, the most impressive one, for lack of a better term, Ben Hunt, fractured arm, play, continued to finish the game with that. He'll be out for four weeks at least. But uh, he's now played a, a game with a broken leg and a broken arm, so um, they don't come much tougher, I suppose. Uh, Katoni Stagg's season is over. Uh, f- after his brief return, he's done his knee. Dane Laurie's season's over, broken leg. Uh, Campbell Graham, AJ from Souths, both expected back next week. Uh, ben Murdoch-Masilla out for three weeks. Jake Braley out for a week just due to the four-day backup more than anything. Campbell Gillard out for a week. Uh, Mitch Moses does come back in. Seb Chris out for a week. So that's the injury news there. Um, and nothing really from the judiciary. We're here, we're here at Hargraves got off, and I was slightly gobsmacked when I was doing my notes that Paseca only got a fine. Uh, I thought that was <laughs> the worst uh, incident of the week, but hey, it's two weeks in a row now, Manly. Get off light. Um, sound like a Penrith supporter. Um, yeah, any any takeaways from any of that, lads? Oh, I thought so, um, Seb Chris was probably getting close to being dropped anyway, realistically, over his performances for the last three or four weeks. So, But, um, yeah, Jared, I thought was fair enough. And, yeah, I'm with you with Paseca as well. I thought that was probably the worst incident of the weekend and probably did deserve a week. But other than that, no, not a lot to take out of it. Ollie, much no, no, not really. I think you summed it up pretty well. Cool. I might get Ollie just to turn your gain down a bit and bring that mic a bit closer. He's going a bit, uh, he sounded a little bit underwater there. Uh, <laughs> let's get to, only so, not a heap of signing news uh, for once, but the main one is again the Herald reported that uh, Moses Mumbai has agreed to terms with the Dragons, just waiting on final club uh, agreement there. Uh, yeah, what, what can you say about that? Um, not a lot, I suppose. No, not really. Um, I do have a, a couple of scoops that I've told you guys off camera that I've actually received um, over the weekend. Uh, the first one being that apparently Melbourne have signed Jaden Nicarima. That's a name you'll probably think, oh, I, I remember that bloke. Um, played a year at the Roosters in 2016, uh, sort of as a second string half. He's the brother of Cody, unfortunately, got into some off-field trouble and sort of had to work his way back, currently at the Redcliffe Dolphins, but has all the talent in the world. And uh, I can't think of a better club for someone to reinvigorate their career than at Melbourne. We looked at the likes of Shandoyle, et cetera, who have gone there. And the other one is I've also heard from a source as well, we'll, we'll put it that way, that, Young Kai O'Donnell has signed with the Cronulla Sharks uh, effective immediately and I'm definitely interested to hear Barney's thoughts on that one. He's obviously not played a whole lot of first grade, but uh, as a back rower coming into the side as a bit of cover, you can't really complain, can you, Barney? 
No, mate. No, um, I've only as he's only played a handful of games, but he looks like a promising back row, young fella. Obviously, we'll see how he goes. Um, Sharks probably aren't really looking for back rowers, to be honest, at the moment. They've got quite a few of them. But um, yeah, it's always good to pick up a young kid and just um, obviously there's some potential there. So we'll see how that plays out during next year and back at, back end of this year, is it, for the finishing yeah, yeah, yeah. of this yep. season? Yeah. Yeah, so. Oh, cool. Uh, any any other scoops you want to finish on, Ollie? Oh, no scoops, but I've heard stuff in terms of NRL players heading to Super League possibly being reported. Apparently, Brisbane have been shopping Brody Croft around, uh, Barney and I's favourite player. They've been shopping him around. Apparently, he's still got a year to go on his contract. Two clubs over in the UK, and apparently Salford are chasing him hard. The Red Devils over there. Uh, apparently, Brody Croft would prefer not to... Uh, go over to England. Unfortunately, uh, I feel like though his um, his options are quite limited, and apparently he would be willing to go there for one year. Um, but yeah, other than that, I think uh, he, as I said, he doesn't have too many options unless he wants to be playing Queensland or New South Wales Cup next year. And apparently, both Wigan and the Catalans are looking to sign Corey Norman. Right. Okay. Um, I did see as well, speaking of the Super League news, uh, Georgie Pye won uh, Warrington their first, oh, his first game with uh, a field goal. Yeah, pretty much um, a, a nice little story there, I guess, on his return to the club. Uh, and against the Leeds Rhinos too, so two of the, the heavyweights, I guess you could say, of the competition. You got a peanut of the week for us. You might get them away earlier. Yeah, sure. So I, I was having a look through this afternoon for a comment in particular, and I couldn't find one, but there was a recurring theme that I think I actually brought up. I don't think necessarily as a peanut of the week, but I brought up on the, the show a couple of weeks ago. It might have just been uh, while we were watching some footy. It's, the I guess, the delusional older rugby league fan. I want to I peanut them. And I'm not saying everyone of a certain age is a peanut rugby league fan. I'm saying there are a minority though, who, for example, uh, I don't know, genuinely think the 1966 dragons would beat the 2017 Melbourne storm, for example, or that Cameron Smith is lucky. He wasn't playing in the eighties, for example, because he'd get absolutely flogged and would be a crap player. Uh, look, the fact of the matter is, uh, they had the resources that they could back then, but players are a lot better now, a lot fitter, a lot stronger as a whole. Um, I, I obviously respect the uh, the old blokes and the, the guys who were doing it years ago, but I don't think we can objectively sort of say that players and clubs back then were better than they are now in terms of pure skill and talent and what they put forth on the field. Maybe in a punch on they'd win, but... Um, Unfortunately, this is rugby league. It's not boxing. Cool. I think you've used that one before, Ollie. So find some new gear next week for us. Thank you. Uh, um, but yes, no, I agree. Your sentiments, they are correct. Uh, that that said, if you were to transport the 66 Dragons team into a current day setup and have them train for two years, I'm sure they would be phenomenal. But they're not, and we can't, so we'll move on. Uh, but yeah, social media, eh? Um... Should we get into some match reviews, though? Something we're good at. Yes. The Roosters, 28, defeated Parramatta, 0. Barney, you may as well start with some stats. Yeah, well, so we had five tries to nil, four out of five conversions, and a missed penalty goal from the Roosters. 
percent completion played 74, 31 out of 41 sets played 28 out of 38. Eight line breaks to two, 22 tackle busts for the Roosters, 35 for Parramatta, seven offloads to 18, one full, oh, sorry, one, yeah, one force dropout for Parramatta, no 40-20s. 326 tackles played 364, two ruck infringements to four, three penalties conceded to two, 11 errors to 12. Uh, Sam Verrills made 38 tackles, Mahoney with 49, Manu with 331 metres and Gutherson with 223. Uh, Sam Walker missed eight tackles out of his 19 that he made. Uh, Satili missed seven. And Stone missed four for Parramatta. Uh, Manu got 108 supercoach points. Walker with 87. And Papali'i with 74. Ollie, you can lead us away. What did you take from this game? Uh, well, you know I'm going to bring him up straight away. The man, Joey Manu. Uh, a freakish performance, but then again, we're saying that every week now. As to your James Tedesco's, etc., it this Sydney Rooster side, they um, it seems they're counted out just about every week. It's like, okay, this is the week where the wheels fall off, and they have fallen off a little bit, or I'd say gotten a bit looser um, in certain games, but they always manage to hit back. Obviously, Parramatta weren't great either, and there are plenty of question marks around them, but to see the Roosters put on a dominant display against currently a, a top four side, um, I think only does their chances of possibly making a run deep into the finals um, that bit better. Uh, but yeah, Parramatta were pretty much off the pace for the entire game. I thought Gutho tried hard. Um, surprise, surprise there. And I thought he was all right. He was trying to get, he was trying to get those blokes um to jump on, jump on his back and ride with him. Unfortunately, he wasn't able to do it in this one. Um, and obviously, at a certain moment, got quite frustrated, I guess we could say, um, with a certain comment. But uh, just a clinical performance from the Roosters. Yeah. Uh, isn't it crazy? First of all, a, a quick one for both of you. How scary would the Roosters be right now if they were full strength? Oh, yeah, there'd be another probably 20 points in them, I would imagine. Mm. They probably would have well and truly put Parramatta away, I think, in yeah. this one, if you add, add the players that they're missing in back in there. But that being said, uh, isn't it amazing that the team's peaking right now? The Roosters, you'd, you'd say, are. Uh, Trent Robertson, Souths, Wayne Bennett, Craig Bellamy's team, um, and uh, I guess Desi's to an extent <laughs> as well. Uh, it's almost like they know how to coach. Uh, <laughs> but in terms of this game... Um, well, you've covered a lot, uh, and I'll let Barney speak about how good the Roosters were uh, and Joey Manu. I thought the Butchers were good for them off the bench. Um, mm-hmm. Both of them did a pretty good job off the bench, I thought. Uh, Tupanua was tremendous again. He's now, um, I don't know if Radley being back's eased his workload a little bit, but he now looks dangerous every run. Uh, Crichton's always good, as we know. Uh, and they're just the Fords are just really hitting the straps. Uh, and uh, even with playing on the wing here, Manu, Tedesco are now two... Very good strike players, and Teddy can now set his sights on on finals time, and doesn't have to be too too second guessing himself for Origin or anything like that. Um, what do you take from the Roosters' effort, Barn? Well, just on the the two back rowers, that, that's probably got to be close to the best second row combination running around. I think now at the moment with Satili and Crichton, their um their last couple of weeks they've put together have been amazing. Yeah. Um, I thought the first 15-20 was pretty tough and pretty much went to script for both teams straight up the middle. Um, big, tough forward battle in the, in the middle there. But um, as soon as Parramatta started to sort of lose their legs a little bit, you could see there was a direct plan from the Roosters to come back in behind the ruck. 
uh, with their quicker players like your Walkers, Manu, Tedesco, sniffing in and around that ruck and straightening the play back up. And they they benefited straight away as soon as they started doing that. Um, obviously, Manu made the first break up through the guts and then they were playing. They just played Parramatta back through the middle and just on the outside edges of their defence and they just couldn't hold them. They were too quick, too fast. Um, they played with too much um, tempo. And Parramatta went out of their way to obviously... <laughs> I mentioned the last week that they just played straight through the middle and they had no no creativity at all in their attack. And this week, they just decided they were going to give the ball straight to the outside backs. Yep. <laughs> you know, and then, they, they started to lay a platform and then they just started going from side to side yeah. and they looked like the Bulldogs. <laughs> and I was going to say, then all that happened was the outside backs decided they better give it to the other outside backs <laughs> and they'll just go left to right. There was no direction. They were, it wasn't, you know, when you go, you can go wide, but you still need to be going forward as you're going wide. Each bloke needs to be sort of, entering the line or sort of playing just before they get to the line, but it was just straight across the back line. Yep. So all the defence had to do was slide across and then you've got, you know, man on man out wide and you're not going to beat the Roosters by just playing straight to the outside edges. You have to force some holes through their attack. And, yeah, as I, as I mentioned, I thought Parramatta at times in this game looked like the Bulldogs. They just looked like they had no creativity, they had no game plan. And, um, yeah, it was – they didn't look like scoring a try apart from kicks. Well, I was all excited. I thought the, you know, the Opacek one was a try. I thought that was a pretty rough call, which would have got them off to zero. But other than that, they didn't look like scoring apart from their kicking game. That's right. They, they were very ordinary, Parramatta, and I was all geared up at the end of this game to to give them a serve tonight. And then um, I had to watch the Friday night game. But um, <laughs> but they were woeful. Like, And this school of thought, that, um, particularly from Parramatta fans, that they can't win a comp... Uh, with Mitchell Moses, well, they sure as hell can't win a comp without him. So they <laughs> probably should be slightly grateful. Mm. Um, they were very, they were embarrassingly bad. They, they did, at times didn't have plans. They, at times, Gutho tries too hard. He had a bit of the almost the Teddy thing going. Where he was trying too hard. Um, the left to right, you mentioned. The, there was a set just before about it was about three minutes before full uh, half time where they had a bit of momentum down the side and no one actually wanted the ball. Uh, from Parramatta, the dummy half didn't want it. The first receiver didn't want it. They stood and looked at each other. And I think eventually someone just, like, rolled on the ground and got tackled. And it was embarrassing. Um, Your point about the edges, you've got got Papi there, and he does – he can hit holes, but they've got no one – Nathan Brown, all right, he's great at getting here from the 50 to the 40, but he doesn't run lines when in attack. run lines, Um, yeah. yeah. He doesn't – Madison should be, and he's got an offload, but he – there's just no, and I know it's it, we're talking about probably three games now, so it hasn't been all year, but there's just no creativity. And a lot of Madison's points, though, come off Moses' kicks, if you really go back and look, or either the yeah, the yeah, bump yeah. backs or yeah. the, the catching and an offloading while there's a bit of broken field. There's a cons- uh, yeah, a real concern. Um, and like I said, often clearing Parramatta morals to beat Souths this week, and uh, I, I can't possibly think of tipping them now, which is, is incredible. Mm. Very, very worrying. Uh, they... It'll probably be to their benefit. They'll probably miss the five and have a, have the easy run the way it's looking. But um, real concerns. Uh, and as I said, if if Roosters are full strength, they would be very scary. And even as they are, I still think they're still the fourth best chance this year, perhaps. So yeah, it's looking, um, looking that way. Kudos to them, given the depth they've gone to. Kudos to to Sam Walker, and we haven't mentioned him and the way um, uh, Drew Hutchinson's come back from injury. So. They're playing good footy. Uh, they're obviously a well-oiled machine, and uh, they'll be there deep into the finals. 
Yeah, yep. agree, agree wholeheartedly with your comments on the halves. I thought they were tremendous. Um, Hutchinson just does his job, and Walker was um, Walker was a threat pretty much every time he touched it in this one. Oh, uh, the Gillard injury hurt Parramatta. I thought, obviously, um, he's yeah. probably yeah, and he early. is their big meter yep. man in the middle, and. Um, Jacob Arthur's kicking game probably hurt Parramatta more than anything else. Well, he's I've said it, I've used the line every week, but after these first two games, he's now been well exposed. He, he doesn't offer... Parramatta's best was actually Will Smith, uh, who should have been playing probably seven uh, without going into any potential favouritism or politics. I don't necessarily play... I'm not necessarily saying that, but I don't think he's ready for first grade at this level is, is the, the final say on that, and it was well and truly shown. Um, and shout out to Will Smith for being, I thought, probably Paramount is best, apart from... Uh, Papali. Yeah, Papali and, uh, and, and Gutho trying very hard. Um, three points, Manu, two points, Walker, one point, any combination of fullbacks and back rowers? I gave it to Papali, just because of the tough work that he did. Nobody else in that Paramount team wanted to do it. So, yeah. But. yeah. Ollie? Personally, I really loved watching your man, Angus Crichton. So I would have given him the one, but I'm happy to concede to Papa Lee. Uh, yeah, I'll go Papa Lee. It was He was Paris' best. Um, and you, you're in the Grinch of the other two, Manu Walker. Yep. Beautiful. Let's get to uh, a contender for worst game of the year. Uh, the Tigers and Warriors at 6 o'clock on the Friday, 16. What was the score? 18-16. Uh, this was a shambles. Um, you can tell us some stats and then yeah. someone can talk so about it. So three tries apiece, two out of three conversions for the Tigers, three out of three for the Warriors. Two two-point field goals missed by the Tigers, 77% completion to 75, 37 out of, uh, 27 out of 35 sets for the Tigers, 33 out of 44 for the Warriors. Five line breaks to three, 36 tackle busts to 27, 17 offloads to nine, all in the way of the Tigers. One force dropout to two. No 40-20s. Three ruck infringements by the Tigers, four by the Warriors, one inside the 10 by the Tigers, three penalties conceded by the Tigers, one by the Warriors. 13 errors to 12. Twile made 53 tackles. Uh, who was this other bloke? I've, I've written down 52 tackles for the other team, but I didn't write down who, who actually made them, so that's good. Uh, Mamalo with 221 metres. Montoya with 195 Little with eight missed tackles. Dewey with five. That was Hiku Bailey Sirenin, just for the record. That was Bailey Sirenin. Peter Hiku with nine missed tackles. And Walsh with made three and missed three. Ewan Aiken made 128 supercoach points. Dewey with 97. And Leilua with 83. I actually thought the Tigers pack was dominant for large parts of this game. They were. And gave, gave their outside backs plenty of opportunities to win the game. Utukamanu uh, was, was the best player in the field, I thought. But for the Tigers, yes, for both. I thought of them. Dewey, Dewey might have been a little bit better. Yeah. But, um, Laurie's injury, obviously a game changer. But as I said, I thought the pack did enough in the first half. It was all the Tigers in that first half too. They um, well and truly established the lead and were dominant. Um, the Warriors uh, probably stuffed up a few chances in that first half as well, but. Um, the first 20 minutes of that second half for the Tigers was fucking abysmal. I don't know what happened there. A different team came out from the one that was out there in the first half. Their middle defense was like, it just absolutely fell apart. Like, you and I can stroll over for two tries. One was obviously that dirty fucking short dropout that nobody contested, and he just popped into his lap. 
But the first one that he scored was great. Like he was just, all he had to do was sort of half step a bloke and he ran, just ran through past three of them and scored. Um, and then they crashed over under the post. So yeah, if um, obviously if they'd held that middle for that 15, 20 minutes, it would have, would have been a different, completely different game, but they're just um, one-on-one misses and their communication in the middle was horrible for that 20 minutes. Dewey did everything he could to try and get him back into the match, but um, just couldn't quite do enough realistically. Um, the, the bike's a really good player, but he needs somebody to go with him. Second time of the year, Brooks has run the length of the field for a match-winning try, only <laughs> for it to be called back. Poor bastard. But, um, yeah, he did, obviously did stick the arm out there. was the right call. Um, don't have much more to say. Ewan Aitken was, the, I thought, was the best on the ground. Um, yeah. He switched into the back row quite well and looks like he's got a few years there to finish off his career. So his defence was um, surprisingly good considering he's been a centre for most of his career. But. Yeah, well, he, he, so I guess the only knock on Ewan Aitken over the years has sort of been his, his passing game more than anything. So back mm-hmm. row suits him. So and he, look, he looked against a bunch of geeks. He looked um, pretty good. Um, <laughs> there's... There, there was issues in the first half. I knew when it was only 10-0, it wouldn't be enough. So they right. should have been yeah. up 24-0 um, realistically if they had a half back at um, half-time. Uh, but honestly, but, the, the, they still had enough ball in that second half and Warriors were very bad in that second half too. Oh, they were fatiguing badly um, at the back of the and, game. And they, had, they, they were pa- they'd packed up shot. But to not, have, mm. to not have a dummy half there... At the moment, where and literally, if there was a dummy half, he literally falls over and scores. There was no markers. All mm-hmm. a bloke had to do was pick up the ball and win the game. There was no one there. Run straight, um, Reese Walsh and score. To yeah. have two, to have um, the couple of shots at two point. The last one, Dewey's first shot at two point field goal. Um, I know it was six minutes left. Uh, the only way I, it, it was, I can't say it was dumb because I think it was a defeated man. I thought it was pretty clever, really. I thought well, had no, no one's expecting it. No, there was no other but I, options. But and, there was a lot yeah. of that. They almost looked like Parramatta where they didn't actually know where they were going to score in that last mm-hmm. 10 minutes. And and they, they should have won that game. Um, Luke Brooks has played 150 first, 55 first-grade games as a halfback. And for him not to be able to put on more points in that first half or any points in that first half and to not be able to put away this game... Um, is as big an indictment on him as I've seen. Uh, he's openly, he was named captain, he's openly said he doesn't like leadership. But there's some of the stuff during the game. I was as appalled at watching this game as I ever been have ever been watching a West Tigers game and think of the ground that covers. Um, <laughs> they either don't want to listen to Madge, aren't interested in listening to Madge, or are too dumb, to get rid of him. Or, or have reached a point where they just know, well, it doesn't matter. There'll be someone else here next year, or too dumb to work it out for themselves. I'm not sure which one it is, but by the time this game was over, I, I had accepted that we probably need a new coach because he's not, despite his best efforts, I don't think he's the one to to uh, to get through whatever they need to get through, or at least not with his playing group. Um, As I said, the way that the Warriors were fading in that last sort of 15 minutes, they were falling off a lot of tackles. And yeah. really, if... Tamo's obviously meant to be your leader in the middle there, but all that pack had to do was get together and go, we're going to win this game, and they would have won it. Yeah. If they just run through the middle and run hard, they would have scored probably two tries in that last yeah. 10 or 15 minutes. And Otiku uh, so. uh, Manu coming back on was what got Tigers going again. Um, yeah, uh, true. But uh, I've seen Tamo today put his hand up and said he's, he hasn't been sort of giving him blow-ups, like getting up him, and he's about to start, so... 
bit late now, but um, we'll see what it means. Um, <laughs> the only notes I have for the Warriors win this game is they weren't the West Tigers, and that was the biggest rap you could give them in this game. <laughs> um, Ollie, did you take anything else out of this? Uh, n- not really, other than the fact that I, I think uh, I did bring it up with you guys. I think actually the biggest issue with the Tigers is that, and it it's obviously uh, made worse by the media, but it, it's very reactionary and it's very like realistically, this is a game that the Tigers lost and a game that they should have gone on with and won, but they weren't absolutely flogged by the Warriors. There were obviously good players in the side. They played well in that first half. You talk about that dominant pack and we look at the last two weeks, whereas yes, they obviously in the end got flogged against Manly, but I'd say it it was one of the better performances from a bottom eight team against a full strength Manly side. Plus they'd beaten the Broncos pretty well the week before. Um, There's just no consistency. Like for all we know, the Tigers will come out this week win by 20 and there'll be no talks of them being in a crisis or Madge possibly being sacked. And who knows, there, there might even be those talks again coming into this game that, oh, maybe they're an outside chance of making the top eight. It's just how I've how the Tigers' season's gone, really. I've just noticed that it's all very reactionary. And I think that's the big issue because it's time to get something in stone for a long period of time, build towards something and stop going crazy for wins and losses week to week and start thinking of a more holistic picture. But, yeah, again, that's a big a big indictment on the media, I guess, as well. The, the funny thing is I, um, I don't want to spend too much time on Tigers. We tend to do it every week. Um, but uh, I speak to – you speak to Blocky at start of the year. You speak to, uh, I've spoken to some parents who have kids in the underage stuff, the 16s and 18s and whatever, and apparently in the last two years, like, the club's become an amazing place – through that development system and all that sort of stuff. It's all positive. They all can't say enough good things and just hasn't yet translated to, you know, wins on the field. So potentially um, maybe in 18 months' time we'll be looking back and and not worrying. But, yeah, it it was super frustrating for me. You normally throw these questions out. I thought Solomon was pretty good for the Warriors. Um, Obviously, he's a journeyman who's played very little first grade. Um, If he had played 150-odd games like Luke Brooks was, how would you think their careers would stack up? And if you'd swapped, if you'd put a Sullivan in and Brooks on the Warriors team, do you think the result would have been reversed? Yes. You know what Sullivan did? Repeat sets. Yep. Uh, is it, Brooks' kicking game was... That kick from about the 30 where he just kicks it to sort of 10 metres out mm-hmm. and the swivel wing catches it and gets a free hit up. It it lets all the pressure off and it gives, it gives no... The only way it ever comes off is if Dewey's ready to try and jump and get above someone, and he, or if he, if he had Tom Dravojevic playing there. But um, <laughs> it's just a nothing play, whereas we've talked about it over and over again. We've seen Canberra do it. We saw Sullivan do it. Um, just put it in the end goal and get 12 or 18 tackles, and points will come. Yeah. Uh, well, I was gonna, the, the one I was going to say is, even if uh, current day Sam Walker played for the Tigers, do you reckon they win? Easy. Yeah. So it, it, with he, him with 150 games under his belt, would have iced it. Um, would have Jackson Hastings have iced this game, Ollie? You know what I mean? Like it's. Yeah. 
a lot of well, I reckon a lot of majority of them would have done better than what Brooks did yeah, in this one. I thought maybe it's an more indictment on him than than the club as a whole, but I don't know. I'm sick of talking about it and I'm sure Aiken Aiken for three points, Dewey for two, and then I had O'Sullivan or Luciano for the one. Luciano was good actually. Uh and Nick Nicarima was good for about ten minutes and became a complete and utter <laughs> got the hook. Oh, he lost just, his he head. Just, yeah. Mm. Um I had a Tukamanu in there for at least a point. Uh, happy okay. with the other two. But yeah, I had eight and three. Um, Dewey or Stefano for two. Uh, Ollie? Oh, I'll go with your man Stefano for the last point there. So Dewey two, eight and three, and Stefano with one. Um, but yeah, I do acknowledge uh, Sull- Sullivan. That's a, a good point Barney raised. I noticed he's, I don't think he's there this week anyway, but we'll get to that. Uh, Brisbane 37, Cowboys 18. In a um, what ended up being it was a close game for a long way, but it ended up being pretty dominant um, from the Broncos. What the stats pretty say? Pretty entertaining Mark? game. I thought. Yeah, I enjoyed six it. tries out of three. Uh, six tries to three. Five out of six conversions played. Two out of three, and a field goal for the Broncos. Uh, both teams kicked a penalty goal. Eighty-eight percent completion for Brisbane. Seventy-eight percent for the Cowboys. Thirty-six out of forty-one sets played. Twenty-nine out of thirty-seven. Five line breaks to two. Forty-one tackle busts for the Broncos. Nineteen for the Cowboys. Seven offloads to five. One force dropout for Brisbane, no 40-20s. 301 tackles played, 364. A ruck infringement for both teams. Three inside the 10s for the Cowboys. Five penalties conceded to four. Eight errors to 12. Ricky with 46 tackles. Robson with 44. Hass with 172 metres. And Tamalolo with 174. Croft and Gamble missed three tackles apiece. Drinkwater missed seven. Granville made nine and missed four. Ricky with 116 supercoach points. Gamble with 98. Then you had two other Broncos before you got down to drink water on 73. Um, what did you take out of the game, Bob? Oh, I thought the Cowboys were in this a lot longer than the um, than the, the score ended up saying, to be honest. Um, and for most of the games that they've played this year, they probably stuck in this one longer than they have for most of the season. Um the problem with the Cowboys is they never seem to have more than two or three players have a good game at one time. You know what I mean? Like um, you had Dean, Drinkwater and Lolo who were okay slash good and the rest of the team were pretty poor, to be honest. So you know, you're very rarely going to win games with only three blokes having a decent game. Um, whereas if you look at the Broncos side, there was half their team were pretty good. Um, and some of them were outstanding. Uh, I thought Ricky had his best game uh, of his career. Gamble um, got that little – he's still a shithead and he still <laughs> annoys the shit out of people, but he was a lot more controlled in this one and I thought that he was a big difference in um, between the two teams as well. Uh, but, yes, as I said, the fact that you're only getting three players up each game sort of speaks to the Cowboys' attitude. They just seem to – as soon as the pressure gets put on, they just fall away and – um, basically, I think they start thinking, oh, well, next week, we might be better next week. Who knows? The no try to felt, obviously, it was a big talking point out of this game. Um, looked like a try to me. Apparently, they'd come back and said it was a try. Yeah, and as least confirmed, and it should have been a try. At 28 to 18, it just took all the energy out of the Cowboys, who had been coming home pretty hard up until that point. But as soon as that, they just basically popped their balloon once that try got put down, and then the Broncos ran away with it. Um, that being said, the Broncos were much, as a group, they were heaps better in the middle than what the Cowboys were. They did everything quicker. They had more energy and they just seemed up for the fight uh, more than what the Bron- uh, than the Cowboys were. So 
get yeah, as I said, um, Gamble and Stags, they have a clear difference in attack. And then you add Hass and Glenn had a pretty good game considering uh, his age. And, uh, you know, <laughs> he's been pretty good for him this year, realistically, but he had one of his standout games in this one. Tessie New, he's got a lot of energy. He's got a few mistakes in him, but he was okay. I actually thought, you know, out of all the shit I've ever given Brody Croft, he actually looked like a first-grade player in this game. I don't know if it was more the Cowboys that made him look that way or, you know, but he did have a real good dig in this game, so. But, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, amazing. He got a couple of repeat sets too. Funny that. But, um, Ollie, what do you take out of Brisbane's performance? Well, uh, the, the threat of Super League can, uh, can do wonders, hey? Um <laughs> Yeah, oh, look, it was three blokes in particular who have been brought up, Payne Haas, Jordan Ricky, and for me, uh, Keenan Palacio, who sort of laid that platform for Brisbane and they were able to kick on um, as a result of it. You bring up Gamble and Croft and a lot of that was due to the work that those three blokes were doing and obviously the four-pack as a whole uh, followed them. But yeah, look, other than your Taumalolos and your drink waters didn't, and I thought, Reese Robson had a, a Reese Robson game, which was a, always a, a decent, yeah, a decent game. The Cowboys don't really provide too much. Um, their their effort was there for most of the game, as it was against the Storm, and that's the biggest thing that they can really have going for them the past couple of weeks. Because other than that, the the performances just haven't really been there, um, in, in my opinion, at least, and. Um, yeah, I, I think the result is still relatively reflective uh, of the game, not necessarily how poor the Cowboys were because they were <laughs> terrible, but more of how good Brisbane were playing. Yeah, no, I think Brisbane, are, they've, they've been good for, well, in patches have been good a lot of the year um, and then being very bad at the same time uh, <laughs> in the same game. Uh, but they've, they've put together some consistency and they've actually there's actually a bit of... Um, you can see light at the end of the tunnel. I know I've said this this time mm-hmm. last year, but um, Ricky, this is what Barney and, and a few others had spruiked at the start of the year. This was the game we'd been waiting to see from him. Um, obviously, any team with Payne House in it does the same. And the back row uh, and even their bench offer them something. Um, and if they keep Katoni Staggs on the field all year next year, uh, well, he's a more devast- he's more devastating than Bradman Best, you'd think. So you, you can see what he can add back into this sort of team. I think Kevy likes Tyson Gamble. I think he probably will be first choice 5'8 next year. Um, sorry, Ollie nearly vomited on um, the screen when I said that. Um, that was me just trying to get your attention, I uh, guess, because um, Kevy's actually come out today and confirmed that the plan is for Gamble to partner uh, Adam Reynolds next year. So there you go. Yeah, so he obviously likes a little bit of niggle, and then you put him outside and Adam Reynolds. Um, it's only going to help, so... Um, you know, for me, all ticks from Brisbane. I thought it was one of their better performances. I like their intensity, um, and I don't have much more to add from what you've said from the Cowboys. They do get Val back this week, um, whatever that means for them. Uh, I'm giving Jordan Ricky three points, Gamble two, and a Stags one. If he stays on the field, he probably gets another try. But um, any combination, and you could probably throw a few more in there. What do you think, yeah. Ollie? Uh, I I would have liked. Personally, I, I would have gone with the three blokes I brought up, those three forwards. But it, the, honestly, the year gambles um, also deserve the um, the praise and the and the points there. It, it's very close, as, as I think all three of us said. Brisbane put in that good a performance you could give it to a, to a fair few players. Just so, on Ricky, I'd like yeah. to see him just up his run runs a bit more. I yeah. think he still only had about nine games, and you can see how destructive he was when he did run. 
with the amount of line breaks and um, line break assists and offloads and stuff that he did do. So yeah, if he ups. could push that up to about 15, um, you know, that'd make a big difference in his game. I had gambled with the three points. I just thought the, uh, the control that he brought through and um, the, he had a big part in setting up a lot of the points that were scored out wide. Had Ricky with two. We all saw what he did, two tries, and he was busting holes everywhere. And Katoni Sta- uh, Staggs with the one, just because um, he stood a couple of them up and he finished very well. So, but. Yeah, I'm okay with that. I'm okay yeah. with that as well. So we'll go Farney's one there. GT. Um, Newcastle 34 uh, came out and just pulled Canberra's pants down. Um, mm-hmm. And Canberra aren't chasers, as we know. The game was all but over, I thought, after about 20 minutes. But what did the stats say, Bun? Yeah, six tries to four. Four out of six conversions played four out of four and a penalty goal for Newcastle. 85% completion played 82. 35 out of 41 sets played 31 out of 38. Five line line breaks from both teams. 30 tackle busts to 27. Eight offloads to nine. Uh, No forced dropouts, no 40-20s. Four ruck infringements played three. One inside the 10 for Newcastle, three for Canberra. Three penalties conceded to five. Eight errors to seven. Barnett with 47 tackles. Hodgson with 50. Clemmer with 168 metres. And Rappanar with 212. Clifford missed seven tackles. Uh, Suasso Sue with three. And Elliot Whitehead missed five. And Rapata missed three. So, And Seb Crew, there was a few of them that pretty much the whole back line, I think, missed three tackles apiece. And some of them only made four or five tackles. So Tuala with 110 supercoach points. Best with 107. Ponga with 98, and then Papala with 86. Yeah, my uh, and my pot plant's in this game, but I'll, I'll save that for later if you don't know who it is. Um, mm. But um, Newcastle came out firing in Canberra. Um, there was none of the line speed. There was none of what we've seen the last month. There was no intensity early, and as soon as it was, oh, almost as soon as they scored in the first, whatever it was, two minutes, and scored again, that was almost the end of the section. Um yeah, Newcastle were good. They had, uh, obviously, Bonga's a decent player, but Bradman Best back there. Um, he said how he's slimmed down a bit and uh, got his head around the newer rules a bit better now, and uh, he made an impact. The two, well, That combination's worth points to him. Um, and as I said, they do... Well, I said it last week, they need to be scoring points because um, they're going to concede, which they still conceded, 24. But um, they were all pretty good. Uh, Mitch Barnett woke up from his uh, three-month holiday and... Um, the two forwards were good as well. Um, by and large, you got to say there's still some some uh, concern at the back end, but by and large for Newcastle, I guess would say um, a tick, whatever that means in this game. Canberra pretty disappointing. I am of the concern, and I'll throw it out here now. I mean, Whiten's terrible. He he needs to go. Seb Chris is now he's injured, and they they haven't done it, but he should be put back into the centres, and they should be keeping Frawley in his team because it's the best they've looked with him. He uh, he's becoming the Tyrone May of uh, of the South. I every time it gets to him, he doesn't add much. And it, but he's not like he's running either. He's just sort of mm. he's trying to pass, which he's not great at. But then he does. He's not just trying to hit the line. You know what the worst part is? This is probably one of his better games yeah, for the last just, three or four months. I know, which <laughs> is is very concerning. But he needs to go back to the centres and just be given the ball and told run hard. <laughs> He's got um, no control over that team when he's playing in the middle. Um, no. Basically, they all just stand back and they either wait for him to run or they stand back and wait for him to pass. And he takes that long to pass it to somebody else. They have to stand there and wait for him to do it. So yeah. <laughs> it's just, yeah. 
Well, uh, actually, jo- uh, our man Johnny suggested he's probably totally moved into lock, but uh, and I don't yeah, mind enough. that idea. Yeah, yeah. Ollie, what do you take from this? Uh, yeah, well, you bring up Newcastle, and I guess the tick, the big tick for me for them, um, I'm going to sound like Spud Carroll here because I keep splurging over the um, over the Ford packs, but their Fords were absolutely immense in this game, and we brought up week after week how the, you know that that's their strong point, Newcastle's Ford pack, and we were talking about their potential at the start of the season. Um, and we've seen it in certain games, but basically for me, the big trend is every game Newcastle win, it seems that both Safidi brothers have been absolutely dominant and a couple of blokes have been, um, have sort of gone with them and jumped on the back of them as well, like Mitch Barnett, um, et cetera. So yeah, that, that, that's honestly the big thing for me for Newcastle is that the talent's there in the Ford pack and then look, they're not going to win every game, but if we're able to see that kind of effort out of their Fords consistently, they're probably a, a bottom of the eight side, if not maybe a six or a fifth, just because of how good their, their Fords can be. I don't know. But then again, um, why should I believe that they are going to continue to play like that when they haven't all season? Yeah, well, apparently this week will be only the second time they've had Best, Ponga and Pierce all on the field. So I guess mm-hmm. we'll see what that all means. Barney, what do you think? Well, I thought Clement was actually better than both the Saifidi boys, to be honest. And coming off the bench, I think he might have found his new home. Uh, he gets out there when they're a little bit slower and he's fresh and he can just tear into them like he used to do back <laughs> back five, four or five years ago. Um, I don't think Frizzell gets enough credit for what he does. I I know, uh, like, it doesn't look flashy and all the rest of it, but the way he bounces off defenders and spins out of tackles, it creates a quick play of the ball. And if it's not a quick play of the ball, it disrupts disrupts the defence. And you'll find most of the time when he bounces out of a tackle, they go straight back to that same spot and they make good inroads in and around that same spot where um, Frizzell's just come from. So, um, obviously, he wasn't great, but he, I thought he added a fair bit coming back from um, from his injury and he does add a bit to that team. Um as I'm with you, I never felt Canberra was in it, even though the score came back as close as it was. Um, after about probably 10 minutes, I, I just basically thought that this game was over. And Newcastle looked a lot better with the ball, that shape that they, you know, it's obviously Ponga's natural shape out to the left. And then you've got Bradman Best out there who um, pretty much ran amok considering he'd just come back from a, a long layoff. Um, he made some big holes in there and obviously that led directly to... Um, Tuala scoring some tries there on that left-hand wing. Um, as I mentioned before, I thought Chris Seb Chris is he looks so far out of form. He he's actually looking like he's out of his depth and probably doesn't belong in that position mm. at the moment. But um, Papali was probably the Raiders' best. Or Hodgson and Young were probably the best, and then Papali wasn't far behind. Um, Tapene was good again. Tapene was yeah. yeah. Uh, off the bench was good again. Yeah. But that try for Papali, um, that's just one of the best. <laughs> that's just so good to see a front rower do that when he's bouncing off guys and running over the top yep. of them and just scoring almost untouched there when he did put the ball down. Um, I thought, yeah, that was one of the highlights in this game, I thought. Ruppin was actually pretty good at fullback again, considering yep. you know how much we gave him, how much stick we gave him when he first went back there. Um, he might be, you know, for the rest of the season. Obviously, looks like that's probably where they're going to keep going. But uh, yeah, as you said, they just don't. They didn't look like scoring a lot of points. I think they got lucky a few times when they did score points. Obviously, Papali was a solo effort when he scored when he did score. But yeah, the Knights 
I, I do like that shape out to the left. And if they get Pierce back, who can give him a bit more field position with the kicking, they probably are one of the stronger contenders for that last those last two spots in the in the eight. So yeah, um, consistency is the key, obviously. <laughs> we're just looking. Uh, so they've got. Have a look here. Um, they got Brisbane obviously this week, uh, and they're sitting on eighteen points like everyone else. So um, someone's gonna. You think Dragons are gone? Definitely Raiders. If Raiders, we don't know. Titans have a pretty good run. Um, the Newcastle See, of what of the out teams outside the eight. If those five teams, there's so much like pressure this. on all of them. Yeah, they, you know, it's a weekly thing now. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and Tigers, a lot of them play each other over the next five games. Well, the well. Tigers had the chance to put their name in that group, and well, they were the Tigers. Um, but <laughs> if if Newcastle play like this with Pierce back, like you said, they should be they'll go close to finishing eighth. Actually, um, Ponga with three points. I gave Tawala two just because he scored a hat trick. <laughs> so that's where I went there. And then I had either Barnett or Best with one. I wanted to give Canberra one, but they probably didn't deserve it. So. Ollie? I'll go with Barnett. Uh, get one of the forwards in there. Because uh, I'm Spud Carroll. I had Ponga three, best two, Barnett one. So uh, mm-hmm. sounds like everyone will be happy with that combination. Yeah, I'm happy with you to throw best in and get rid of Tawala. Well, <laughs> yeah, that's... that's scored the, that, you know, and they were directly off best to, as well, yeah, to be honest. that's so why I... Um, probably go Ponga best and then Barnett. Happy to go that way. All right, Storm 37 defeated the Panthers 10. Barney, take us away. Six tries to two, five out of six conversions for Melbourne, one out of two for Penrith, uh, one field goal and one penalty for the Melbourne Storm. 86% completion played 71, 37 out of 43 sets played 30 out of 42, seven line breaks to three, 39 tackle busts to 29, six offloads to eight, two force dropouts to three, 0-40-20s, 317 tackles played, 338. Six ruck infringements by Melbourne, four by Penrith. Six penalties conceded by both teams. Eight errors for Melbourne, 16 for Penrith. Uh, zero inside the 10s for both teams. Grant with 37 tackles, Kenny with 41, Welch with 143 metres and Edwards with 174. Munster and Grant both missed four tackles, uh, as did Crichton and Kikau. Naden missed three and made three. So, uh, Eremiah with 89 points, Grant with 88. Three other Melbourne players before you got down to Sorensen on 66 for Penrith. Yeah, Harry Grant's a decent player, isn't you? That's all right. Um, yeah. What do we say about this? I, I thought we pretty much nailed the game, to be honest. We uh, hit this on the head. Melbourne were a 20-point better team than Penrith, missing, missing their players. They have the excuse of saying that. I thought they were still pretty soft in places, and the places they were pretty soft of the concern to me is that it was their outside backs. Because um, I thought there's a Melbourne outside backs that were the big difference. Um, Remus Smith, Eremiah, Olam, Adokar, pretty much, mm-hmm. once they spread the ball, they were doing what they wanted a lot of the time out there. And that's not, I know, um, who was missing? Momorowski, who's the other centre? Uh, no, they had their, they had Crichton and um, Nate, Crichton. didn't they? Burton wasn't so in the centre. missing yeah, Burton and they're missing two. But uh, concerning for me is that's the way Melbourne played. Uh, Melbourne came out uh, like they did in the grand final and uh, looked like they were in a mood. They were throwing the ball around early. <laughs> they uh, really 
could have been up by more early, um, I thought. Uh, Penrith held it, weathered that storm, but eventually it cracked. Um, I don't really know what more to say because um, hopefully you boys can sum it up better because it sort of went to script, but it wasn't really a definitive this is why sort of game. Uh, but maybe I'm looking at it a bit longer. Maybe oh, I was Jerome also pretty Hughes drunk. Was the reason why. Yeah. Especially <laughs> early in this game. Um, he cracked them open quite a few times and it you know, directly led to either long-range field. like They made a 50, 60 metres off a break and got down the other end or he, um, mm. he put people over for tries and his kicking game just gets better and better. Uh, the injury's probably going to hurt over the next couple of weeks, but... Um, I, I thought Storm were just dominant for that first hour, at least, um, and probably could have even gone on with it a bit more. Uh, you've got to praise Penrith on their effort and their scramble defence because they could have been busted a few more times and uh, oh, they, how they, they that, stuck in. What about that try saver when Hughes did make that bust in uh, Burton? Yeah. Um, that was sensational. And, they did stick in. Yeah. Um, they, they tried hard, but um, they were just outclassed. Harry's return, as you mentioned, was tremendous. He was um, he was all over the place. Jesse, uh, Jesse Bromwich was very good, but um, the halves and uh, Puppy was good. Pappy was mm. a lot better. Um, he didn't look like he was gun-shy at all. He looked like he was in for the fight and wanted to have a go. Both Penrith wingers were almost disastrous at times in this game. Um, I know they didn't get a lot of ball, but they didn't go looking for it either, and um, they couldn't tackle. Neither St- of them could tackle at all. Mate, Staines was Staines at times looked like he didn't want to be on the field. Yeah, he did. Chikau um, uh, at times as well looked like he didn't want to be on there, yeah. especially when they were running directly at him. I don't. He's. I think it's a lot to do with his lateral movement. Um, as soon as someone gets an angle on him, he just can't seem to get himself to move sideways enough to make the tackle, and they just go past him. But yeah, um, <laughs> Sorensen probably was their best. Maybe Burton for Penrith. Um, they both tried their backsides out, but they were just well and truly outclassed. Capel and Eisenhuth were pretty good. I thought I was probably one of Eisenhuth's better games that I've ever seen him play. To be yep. honest, but. Um, He's got dominated, man. <laughs> what much more? You can't say much more. Ollie? Storm, the, really dominant. The big thing I noticed about Penrith, and this is going to sound a bit odd, but this is probably the worst team Penrith have fielded all year. And you're going to be scratching your heads instantly, listeners, because obviously the teams that they named and fielded against the Tigers and the Sharks when they lost two weeks in a row in terms of actual star power was obviously more depleted. However, Penrith had absolutely no go forward in this game because literally, the team. Yeah. literally every player who has them on the front foot with that momentum going forward was either out or did not play up to scratch in this one. So I bring up those four main forms. One of them is obviously Nathan Cleary, the, the go forward that he gives them control on the side. The other one's obviously Brian Toto was not there. The other one, the fish, James Fisher-Harris wasn't there. Um, and the other one I say is Dylan Edwards because usually he does. Um, he's usually a, a bit underrated as a meter reader. He just doesn't make as many meters as Toto, but even his numbers were down today. And I guess that's all Melbourne really needed to focus on was Edwards because he was that only form of go forward that they really had to suppress, I guess you could say. And they did that relatively well. So for me, yeah, this is the worst Penrith have looked this season. And 
look, they, they're going to get your Clearies and um, Toto back, so they should be, for me, still fine heading into the finals in terms of getting to the grand final. But as well, that takes n- absolutely nothing away from Melbourne's performance. They're the best team in the comp, and if those guys were there, could Penrith have won the game? Yes. Would have I tipped them to? Probably not. That's just how it is. It's going to be a pretty tough scratch, I think, for Penrith over the next probably even three or four weeks. Even with Cleary coming back in, he's I doubt that he's going to come straight back in and just change everything, especially without Fisher-Harris. Plus, he's, gonna, he's not going to defend. In, you wouldn't think with a shoulder he's, he's going to have defensive concerns. So that have, have done an amazing job yeah. to uh, get him up to scratch defensively. And even if they have people to be running at him. Um, he is one of the better defensive halves, but... Yeah, but now he's got one arm. This is a concern. <laughs> um, yeah. Do they need... For them to win the comp, I think they need all four of the ones you mentioned plus Yo back. I Absolutely. Mean, they can't, yeah. they can't be missing any of them to make up. And the they game. need their bit players to play up the scratch as well. You need your Leotas and um, your Sorensons to do their bit as well. Um, yes. Cables on the edges. Any team that's going to beat Melbourne or even um, even South's Roosters, Parramatta, if they're flying, you're going to have to be close to your best no matter what. You know, like those top five teams at their best will beat sort of anybody apart from maybe Melbourne. But Yeah, yeah. Um, you mentioned Kikau earlier. There was some mail around that a couple of clubs are going to offer him 800000 and Penrith were trying to secure him before anyone does. Surely he's not an eight hundred thousand dollar player. No, and I've actually I think heard, so. No, no, I've actually heard as of today as well. Apparently, a club over in French rugby are offering him more than that, more than right. any club could offer him. Um, so I would suggest. I would suggest learn some French. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what, what, it, yeah. Actually, speaking of. Um, yeah, Ren Rogers now. Look, semi Ren Rogers, an article about him the other day. Won Olympic gold medalist for Fiji uh, this last week, and he's on about four million a year. It's yeah, like something yeah. ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, it's like two million base plus whatever he gets. Yeah. He probably has three or four runs a game. And yeah, and people, th- yeah. people thought he was mad when he left Parramatta. Uh, isn't that? <laughs> yeah, well, isn't that incredible. Uh, yeah, well, Matty Johns face to face early this year. Sorry to go off topic a bit when he was interviewing Carmichael Hunt, and they spoke about his time over in France, and he spoke about how. He pretty much lived on the beach. They didn't really care about training that much. They just went and <laughs> ate, drank wine, and it was it was a paradise. Listen to them so. all, mate. Maloney, the same when he went over and yeah, played yeah. for Catalans, fucking all of them. They absolutely love the south of France. And yeah, if you can get <laughs> eat them. food, drink piss, and fucking <laughs> hang out at the beach. All right, big Billy. If you can get it, go take you go take you one point five and be happy, mate. Um, absolutely, couldn't begrudge anyone. <laughs> oh. get big money to go over and. But yeah. but back to my point, yeah, I, I can see, for example, the West Tigers trying to offer him eight fifty, and just being severely yeah. disappointed when he gets there and adds no actual go forward and no. Well, for that kind of money, start. if you can, if you can secure, you could probably get Luciano and maybe Garner for the same price. Mm. You're much better off buying the two well, of them than I mean. um, Villiano. Yeah. Um, like, don't get me wrong, he's, he's a game-breaker, but how often does how often does he do it? Three or four games a year? Like, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, you so. up Luciano, he, he deserves a nice... Uh, a nice He'll be getting uh, an upgrade. <laughs> He'll definitely be getting be, an upgrade. Yeah, they'll have his brother's money to give him. Um, <laughs> what do we take out of this? Look, uh, I assume you're going three points, Hughes, are you? Yes, I am. Harry, Harry Grant with two and Bromwich with the one. 
I had thrown some uh, something to yeah, Remus Smith and Eremiah for the miners there because I thought they were um, pretty good, but happy with your three and two. And what do you got for your one, Ollie? I'm I'd go with uh, I hate to suck up your ass, but honestly, I'd go the exact same, Barney. So no, I thought Jesse was okay. Um, yep, go with that. the leader. Of I that have pack. been outvoted and happy to accede to you. <laughs> uh, South <laughs> Fifty defeated the Dragons at fourteen. Uh, very imposing and. Uh, Give us some stats the and then I'll... Poor I'll old Dragons, first. and now they've lost their best player for the rest of the year. Three tries to nine, one out of three conversions for St. George, seven out of nine for South. 77% completion played 76. 27 out of 35 sets played 32 out of 42. 1,000 plus run metres for South and 300 plus post-contact metres for the South Sydney side. Two line breaks to 13, 14 tackle bust to 56. Three offloads to four, one force drop out to three, one forty twenty by St George, three ruck infringements to two, one inside the ten for both teams, three penalties conceded by the Dragons, five conceded by the Rabbits, three hundred and ninety-one tackles played, two hundred and eighty, eleven errors to ten, McCulloch with fifty tackles, Cook with forty-three, Beal with one hundred and nineteen meters, and the big Professor with two hundred and five meters. Sullivan missed nine tackles, made 25. Sloan missed seven and made nine. Amoni with six, and there was plenty of others. Um, there was 20 missed tackles in the starting forward pack for the Dragons. The worst from uh, South Sydney was Reynolds, who missed two tackles and made 13. So, <laughs> super catch points. Cody Walker with 151. Latrell with 123. Kulamatungi with 116. Two other players before you get down to Billy Burns on 85 points for the Dragons. Uh I know, I know. Dragons are done, and this is, and Souths have been absolutely blessed, as we suggested, with their run of late. Um, so maybe this all means nothing yet. But there is something scary about Souths, um, and I know I'd, I'd flag concerns against the A grade forward packs and that, but potentially, and there seems to be a growing school of thought that if you're going to beat maybe one of the top two teams, you've just got to either outscore them. Like, just yeah, throw the ball around. You're going to need 40 points. So probably. you may as well play that way or yeah. um, try and flash them. Um, and their forwards have, have been getting better. I know it's against weaker stuff. Um, I did suggest on the uh, on the pre-drink show that their forward pack would be scoring tries, Ollie, and uh, three of them did. He, I just needed Tommy Burgess to add a fourth, <laughs> and it was a seven grand result. But um, when, yeah, he got close in that 79th minute, did I get excited? Um <sighs> But such is life when you're a, when you're a D'Agostino. Um, yeah, Latrell was sensational. Cody was sensational. Uh, the Fords did what they want. And um, it was easy to watch without uh, taking too much out of it. Probably not a few Dragons fans. No, that's true. But for me it was. Mm. Uh, Latrell, now, it turns out he's a bit of a freak. I just like watching him. He's just so strong. You can just take four blokes with him and score or offload. Um and if he does get, if he was to get fired up in a grand final, he could be a Clive Churchill medalist. That's um, the thing. Like forty minutes of most games, he just doesn't give a fuck. Yeah. Like, <laughs> if he can put out sixty to eighty minutes, and we know what he does in at an Origin level, for example, um, if he has a centre stage where he can be a, a Clive Churchill or a semi final against a Melbourne, he might, you know, be worth that. Might be that difference. Might be that. So. They've got that. Uh, I still don't know if Adam Reynolds had his best year. Um, 
I like what they've done with their Ford setup. I think the professor's good there, and I think Tom Burge has had a great year, and they've almost got the right the right back row now. You throw a Cam Murray back in, they've got the right back row. Close no, enough absolutely. To, and just on that, Kula Matangi is like he he's got to be in the conversation as one of the best props running around at the mm. moment. He's absolutely killing it. Yeah. And I talked earlier about uh, lines and angles, and he can hit, especially off Benji, of all people, uh, he can run lines. Um, so, you know, very exciting times, and they've got some strike power to come back for them. Um, I'm coming a bit round to Souths as a, as a force, more than I thought. But again, it's been against B grade, so maybe I'm getting carried away a little bit. Uh, Ollie, what did you think? Uh, well, something that's really scary, I've noticed, is that ever since we've really sort of honed in on South Sydney's forward pack probably not being up to scratch with the, your Penrith, your Melbournes, even your Parramatta's, et cetera. The professor's just grown a third leg. He, he's he's just been immense. And your Kaloa Matungis as well, Burgess in this game, they were huge. I, I thought, like, I, I, honestly, the, this was the best game I've ever seen the professor play. And he's always been a, a consistently good player. He just tore it apart. And then, of course, like you bring up the backs, you bring up Latrell and and those folks. And at, at the end of the day, yeah, they were versing a a, a poor side with a, an injured best player for the duration of it. So, and it, as as I think about it, it's I'm just trying to think of where I'd personally put South Sydney in my head, and it's hard because the argument is still there that they are the third best team in the comp, especially with this sort of resurgence with their forwards. Um, even up against a Manly, I don't think they've actually versed Manly with Turbo in the side yet. I think they versed once, was it, in round two? They also haven't... I can't think this year where they've played a, a state of origin... a semi-final pace game where they've had to get their line speed up as well in defence and be... And, um, the closest, to be honest, I can think of is that what the Tigers put on them when they nearly beat them in yeah. terms of a forward pack getting in their mm-hmm. face. Uh, and obviously Penrith, when Penrith put 50 on them. Um, and, Mel- and Melbourne. So there Melbourne. is that gap. So when they are really pumped, it's um, it's a concern. But we haven't seen it now. They've got starting to get everyone back in a bit of their ducks in order. Oh, yeah, I agree. Um, I'd have to say still, obviously, they're... They're not close to the those top two, but I, I'm just wondering if they verse Manly tomorrow. Who knows? I, I honestly don't know who I'd tip, to be honest. I mm. yeah, probably tip Manly. Just I think Manly's probably got a little bit more skill on their edges than what Souths do, but yeah. that's anyway. A, just that's an issue. One in that Manly's edge defense is almost their weakness. Um, yeah, yeah. In that... no, no, I'm talking about in attack. I think, um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Manly's, um, you got your ball players like Schuster and, um, yeah. Lawton's and blokes like that that can create where I don't think you've got that in the South Sydney side. Yes, yeah. um, Murray and Arrow are great for go forward through the middle, but they don't seem to have the ball playing skills of your blokes like Lawton and, um, Schuster. But that's just, it's all hypothetical, as we said, we're just making it up as we go. Yep. What do you think, yeah. Oh, mate, poor Dragons. They got fucking flogged. And if Souths absolutely didn't give a fuck for 20 minutes. The whole team didn't. They scored their first two or three tries. And then after about 15 minutes, they just went, oh, we're just going to go through the motions here. And 
Then the dragons sort of fought their way back into it a little bit, and they said, and then South went, oh, okay, maybe we have to fucking actually play to put these guys away, and they did, and they put them away. Um, they still didn't completely put them away until the very back end of the game, obviously, with the, the big flood of points coming in that last 15, 20 minutes when the troll decided he wanted to um, just absolutely tear the team apart. Uh, it, it could have been 70 or 80, I thought, if Souths had been consistent for the entire 80 minutes. And it's the thing that Bennett's harped on all year. He, he still wants, they still haven't put together 80 minutes and that's a thing that he constantly brings up. But with the Dragons, their, their pack was okay. Maybe even good, you could you could say, but their back, back line was fucking disgusting. Apart from Ben Hunt, their entire back line was just dog shit. It was horrible. And um, the the entire starting team for South were good. They're, I don't think there was anybody in that starting 13 that wasn't good. Ollie mentioned the forwards, and I don't think any of us mentioned Arrow, and I thought he was probably the best forward on the ground, to be honest, out of both teams. So, um, yeah, the halves were fantastic for Souths. Um, Walker, when when Walker gets gets the wind behind him, he is the best, you know, running downwind fucking mm. player that you can get. When when they're on top and he's just flowing, he just tears teams apart. Um, Colin Matungi Burgess, great. Uh, Mitchell was really good, but he, as we said, he clocks on. He comes in and out of the game when he feels like it. Hunt playing with a broken arm, as we already mentioned that at the start of the year. I, I don't know what that guy's made of, but he's made of something pretty tough. And um, Billy Burns had the best game he's ever played in his entire career, I thought. He was um, he was the Dragons' best, yeah. apart from Ben Hunt. Um, Sims and Ellis were okay, but yeah, the rest of the team... Probably not worth feeding, to be honest. Walker with three points, Mitchell with two, and I gave the one to Arrow. But I gave the one to Colin Matungi, but I'm happy either way there. Uh, uh, Ollie? Professor? I, I do love a good professor. <laughs> but I'm also happy to give him to the professor. Um, Let's just give it to the yeah, professor. Yeah, give it to the professor. Top the meters. Yeah. Yeah. Good on him. And it is, sometimes all it takes from being a, a decent or a good four pack to a great one is just that one front row is standing up as mm. probably Souths didn't have and if, if he can be to that level um, then maybe he can you know it's a big gap to make up but maybe he can at least yeah. get them in the conversation well uh, at least maybe get to the point where they don't get flogged 50 nil against that, <laughs> they'll probably take that um, <laughs> the Titans 34 kicked off uh, Mad Monday with against the Bulldogs 6 Probably a pretty cruisy watch for you, Oliver. Barney can do the stats and you can lead us away, Ollie. Yeah, would have, made, would have been pretty happy, I would imagine, watching this one. One try to six. One out of one conversions played five out of six. 81% completion for the Dogs, 73 for the Titans. 29 out of 30 sets played 30 out of 41. Three line breaks to 10. 27 tackle busts to 21. 10 offloads to seven. Four force dropouts by the Dogs, two by the Titans. One forty twenty by the Titans. 312 tackles played 341. Two ruck infringements to two. Uh, one inside the 10 to two. Four penalties conceded from both teams. Ten errors from both teams. Jackson with 48 tackles. Rain with 39. Hetherington with 160 metres. Mazu with 190. Allen and Hetherington and Waddell missed three tackles apiece. Masters missed five and Taylor missed five. Kelly with 90 supercoach points. Jackson with 89. And Fasua Malai with 89 also. Ollie? I love Jade Nockenbaugh because he um, he kept the Bulldogs out of the game 
for this one for us. So thank you, Jaden Schockenbor, as I like to call him. Um, on the other hand, though, uh, Corey Thompson uh, might name my first child after him, male or female. He's just great. For me, genuinely the best defensive winger in the game. I'd have to say, um, and then Greg Marzu looks like a great talent. I think he's definitely locked his place in first grade for the future. Um, it's good to see the past couple of weeks too, AJ coming back to a bit of form. Uh, the Fords were who they were. Uh, your Mo's, your Tino's, and David Fafita's experiment off the bench is still working. I, I was really... Mo glad- hitting a hole and just being making that breakaway is a, a thing of beauty. Yeah, it, it most certainly is. And I'll tell you what, I, I was really proud of this performance. I wouldn't say it was their best performance of the season for the Titans, but they are generally not this good, even when they do win. It was one of their better performances of the season. Of course, yes, they were up against the Bulldogs, um, but it was still good to see them play the way that they did. And, and look, I know I'm putting the pressure on it a bit now, but the Titans are going to lose to Melbourne. They're going to lose to South Sydney. But as long as they win those other two games um, before the end of the year, if they, if they keep playing like this, they'll certainly win those other two games and should now f- should finish in the top eight. We're in seventh. Watch and bottle it. They'll lose all four. Dun, dun, dun. Um, <laughs> yeah, they will lose all four. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm just going to be happy for now. Uh, yeah, Tino had his best out for a while. He was um, probably... Probably their best. Um, I like. Yeah, you summed up Marzio. I think he's a first grade winger, as you've said. Um, do I need to say a lot more? Lasoni, Sam Lasoni, um, had some great touches. Uh, uh, he's getting some points from me at least. Um, they make a great deal more notes on this game because yeah, they just did what they had to do. Uh, Sexton looked good again uh, and good for the future. And Ash Taylor had his best game probably. I don't know. In whenever, um, and looked um, looked good playing against the reserve grade team. So good on him. Uh, I think Aaron Shoup uh, offers something for the Bulldogs at some point. Uh, I don't know what with everyone they keep bringing in next year, but um, big enough body and um, and looks like he might have a bit of a future. I don't have a lot more to say about this game, Barney. Yeah, the problem with Shoup is he gets keep keeps getting balls and having to run straight into dead ends when there's, yeah. there's nothing yeah. nothing going, and they just throw it to him and he, he runs straight at people. But yeah, dogs like the Dragons are pretty much exactly like the Dragons realistically in this one. Um, Titans probably could have put on more points too in the end, but um, yeah, they're just completely outclassed. Um, their forward pack was probably a little bit better than the Dragons, and that's probably why they didn't get smacked. But yeah. The, um, yeah, their, their forward pack was okay, but their back struggled. Uh, so like, I, I don't understand how, the, as we mentioned with Parramatta, they just pass straight across the line. Like, what do you expect to happen when you just pass, 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 and then a bloke's standing there and there's three blokes standing in front of him? What, you're not going to get anywhere doing that kind of stuff. You're better off digging into the line, kicking in behind the line, do, doing something to try and break up a defensive line. Well, the Flanagan experiment yeah. lasted one week, so... Yeah. Experiment. <laughs> but um, the the Titans had a day out. They did it easy, realistically, and pretty much their whole seventeen was pretty good. Tino was close to the best. I actually thought Sexton was probably the best player on the field. Um, I really enjoyed what he did. He's um, he seems like quite an intelligent young kid, uh, and in the way he reads the game of football, 
and he's very composed. Uh, he doesn't let anything really seem, doesn't seem to let much get to him and he controls the game of football really well. Uh, Brian Kelly had his best game in a long time. I've given him a lot of crap about his defence this year and he's been very poor for large parts of the season, but his defence in this game was uh, fucking dramatically improved. It was so much better than anything he's put up this year. I don't think he missed a tackle. He was shooting out of the line, shutting down and attacking plays, and, yeah, he was fantastic out there on the uh, in the centres. As you mentioned, Brimson, uh, Brimson and Mazu were very good. And Wallace has hit a purple patch of form again. Um he had one probably what six weeks ago, dropped off for a couple of weeks, yeah. but he's back in you know some of the best form that he's played in his career. Fafita's work rate was slightly improved, and um, I think that's that's probably if if you're bringing him off the bench and he's giving you more output coming off the bench, then you may as well keep it that way. So yeah, uh, I thought Sexton was the best on the ground. He's a very good defender as, as well as what I mentioned about his game management. Um, I gave him three points, Tino two, and I gave Josh Jackson one just because he works his ass off every week. And... I had um, I had Tino three, uh, Lasoni two, and Sexton one. Ollie? I, I wish I could give six points to all of them. Um, hmm. I, I, mm. I don't know. I, I, I'm just happy. To be, <laughs> All right. Let's, it, we'll go Tino, Sexton, and then you pick the one, Ollie. The one? Yeah. Uh, well, Corey Thompson's the one for me. There you but, go. Um, All right. Let's we'll just go with that. <laughs> <laughs> Tino, Sexton, Corey Thompson. Well, Done. we got there after um, <laughs> Manly 40, uh, the Sharks 22. Um Turns out this fullback fella is not a bad player. Barney, what did the stats say? Yeah, so, right. I like Fortress Kennedy too. Four tries to seven. Three like out what? of four. Can... <laughs> Sorry, we are talking about Will Kennedy, weren't we? Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, sure. He was, yeah, he's joke. just Sorry. a fullback. Sorry, the uh, future immortal <laughs> is, um, is a good player too. As long as his hammy's hold up. Yeah. Good possibility. Excuse me. Four tries to seven. Three out of four conversions for the Sharks. Six out of seven for Manly. 85% completion for the for Cronulla played 73 for Manly. 35 out of 41 sets played 33 out of 45. 125 uh, post-contact metres plus for Manly. Five line breaks to 10. 22 tackle busts to 50. Six offloads to 16. One force dropout to two. No 40-20s. 279 tackles played 261. Two ruck infringements to seven, one inside the 10 to two, seven penalties conceded to two, eight errors to 15, Tolman with 34 tackers, tackles, Croker with 29, Kennedy with 145 metres and Tommy with 227 metres. Trindle missed five tackles, Tracy with missed six, Kennedy and Chambers both missed five and 19 missed tackles from the starting forward pack from Cronulla. Uh, the worst for Manly was Parker and Foran, who missed three tackles apiece. Tommy with 226 super coach points. Trindle with 112. And Garrick with 110. Shall I? Go for it. Fuck Tommy Turbo. He's an <laughs> arsehole. He's too fucking good to be playing against Cronulla. <laughs> There's not many blokes I've ever watched that just have the ability to absolutely single-handedly tear a fucking team apart the way he did in that 15, 20 minutes into that second half of this game. I know he was okay in the first half, but that 15 minutes after half time, he just absolutely won this game when he's on his own bat. And yeah, I said the Sharks are never going to win and Turbo made damn sure that that wasn't going to happen. 
the only thing that I was pro- I was pretty proud of the Sharks to be honest. The fight and um, you know that they put in, they kept playing for eighty minutes. They knew they were they were outclassed and they weren't gonna they weren't gonna win this game. But they the consistent effort was good. Trindle probably played the best game I think I've ever seen him play. Um, yeah, can't be disappointed. As I said, we're just completely outclassed. First half was looking like it was going to be forty nil at halftime. But, um, you know, Manly made a few errors and the Sharks kept fighting. Um, as you mentioned, Kennedy was pretty much the reason Sharks scored a lot of their points as well as Trindle. Um, he, he's really, he's he comes up really good on that sweet play out on both sides of the field. And, um, yeah, he's, he's definitely something to work with going forward. Um, Sharks played some pretty good footy when they were given the chance. But I said that first 20 of the second half, they weren't any chance and Tommy just bent them over and, had his way with them. So they got taken off. And then he got taken off for the last 10, 15 minutes. And the Sharks scored a few points to make it some sort of, you know, <laughs> something like it was part of a game. But yeah, um, Harper's dead set becoming a serious center and looking like in the future he could be one of the better centers running around in the comp. DC and Schuster were really good. And Trindle and Kennedy were the best for the Sharks. But yeah, I don't have much more to say about this one. That um, Will Chambers seems like a friendly fella. Isn't he? Doesn't he just get along with people so well? Doesn't, doesn't like <laughs> chat. Because he was having a beer after the game. He's a lovely chap. Um, he gets along well with Walker, obviously. Yeah, well, clearly. Uh, mm. They, um, yeah. Ollie, you can talk first while I go to my thoughts. Yeah, well, isn't it? Um, isn't it telling that Tom Travojevic has now made both Barney and I crack? After Manly have decimated both of our sides this year, he's actually decimated. They've actually decimated my team twice, um, and I guess it's a, Dagster. I guess you've you've got a a stronger uh, mental state than both Barney and I because he because I'm used to it. He had a pretty good performance <laughs> against your team, and and you, you seem to just enjoy it. <laughs> so, <laughs> I loved it as well, but fuck him, <laughs> he's just yeah. too good. I, I hated it especially because I remember it was on his return when they flogged the Titans, and I thought, oh, Manly have been shit so far this year. We'll flog them. Of yeah. course, I think I tipped the Titans thirteen plus and everything in the preview that week, and then they came out and absolutely he came out and absolutely tore us apart. But anyway, that that that's really how I can sum this game up too. Tommy came out and tore a few geeks apart, and uh, as Adrian would say, and um, that was all she wrote, really. Um, yes, yeah, so let's have a look at the the shark stats. Um, <clears throat> yeah, Telecom Rudolph um, before Rudolph um, disappeared. It was they were okay. Um, Teleco was putting some good shots on. Yeah, he was, was and, um, and mm. scored a nice try. Um, and, but for the other team, um, across the park, everyone, the only bloke I can possibly knock, and only because I and I don't know if I've noticed it as much or whether it's so it's just happened. Brad Parker's defence at times can be a bit mm-hmm. uh, average, but um, beyond that, they they just when they get right, they came out in the mood. Uh, Melbourne said about Melbourne, but. Uh, Manly came out to play footy and were throwing it around from kickoff. Um, they came out like they wanted to, uh, whether it's a plan where they think the only way to beat Melbourne is to play that way or whether they just decide they're going to. Um, they came out and the intent was there from the start. Sharks, like you said, did pretty well weather the storm. Um, DCE has tremendous faith in Jason Saab. Um, he gets the ball to him as much as he can early or he does that first, there was a first tackle kick for him again. Yeah. Um, which I've, I've said plenty of times I love to play, but what's great about it in this situation is 
by doing it in the first 10 minutes, basically it takes your fullback out of the de- um, defensive line for a large chunk of um, the game because you're half worried, or a winger, because you're half worried about that it play. It starts making the winger um, think about what so he's doing. So all of a sudden it creates that, that little bit of second guessing. Um, and he had a pretty good day, game, Sabra, um, for the knocks we've given him the last couple of weeks. Agree with what you said about Harper. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just, just to finish on DC, actually... I think he's had one of his best seasons. I think he's been really mm. good um, a lot of this season. Yes, uh, yeah. And now they've got Schuster on that edge. Uh, he, They could actually probably have scored another two tries if he actually passed, but he, um, <laughs> he's uh, becoming more and more destructive on that left edge. And you've got Ola Kata, who probably didn't really touch a ball on yeah, the right. Um, I mentioned Paseca earlier how I don't know how he didn't get at least a week or two for his trip. Uh, Jake looked pretty good. Um as well, so it's ticks all across the field, uh, and I think they are a very, very real threat. And I'm really looking forward to seeing just how much of a threat they are on Saturday night when they take on Manly. Um, One thing I didn't mention was Kieran Foran. He actually looked probably fresher than I think I've seen him for a couple of years, to be honest. He, um, I know the stats don't show it, but the way he was running the ball and getting on the outside of defenders to create space uh, for his outside men, um, there was a couple of times I was like, oh, Jesus Christ, Foran's back. What's going on here? Mm. Uh, the stats don't show it, but he, he did a lot of work that set up the blokes outside him. So Yeah, they have. Uh, we talk we talk all the time about strike all across the field, but and it helps when you've got the, the best player in the game right now. But there are other... It's creating other attacking weapons. Um and yeah, Harper and Schuster and Olakatau. Um it's uh it's they're a very good team and I think they're gonna yeah. go close to um playing in the grand final this year. Three points, Tommy. I didn't have to think too long about that. <laughs> uh, Are you sure up, about that? I, I ended up giving two to Garrick, because um, he did do a bit of hard work as well and one to Harper, but um Saab was good too and uh Schuster was good if he Offloaded a bit more, I might have given you a point. Uh, what do you think, Barn? I gave the three two and one to Tommy, okay. and then I gave um, the two to Trindle because I thought he was immense in the Sharks team that was well beaten. Um, as I said, I thought it was the best game he's ever played. Had um, two tries, a try assist. He couldn't have done much more for that team. And I gave the single point to Harper. Ollie, uh, but well, really, I think we should give a point to Barney. Um, just to make him feel maybe a little bit better. Um, but no, uh, surprise, surprise, Tommy, three points. Uh, I, I probably personally wouldn't have Trindle in there. I, I think Manly well and truly uh, cover the playing field here. Uh, to be honest, I'd probably have to go with what you said, Daxter. Um, you're three, two, one. So, yeah. Sure, let's do that. Uh, yeah, let's do that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Trindle. Sorry, but he did Barney. play well. He, I, I agree with what you said. And where, is he getting up a halfback or is he too big? Or we've had this discussion. I think so. Yeah, no, I think he will. Yeah. Um, probably four or five years down the track, he might go back to 13 or something like that. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah. He's a solid lad. Um, pop plan of the week, Barney? My pop plan was Charlie Staines. I just want to pull up his stats because I just want to verify what I'm going to say because he was he was I thought he was the worst player out of any team all weekend. Um, he, the bloke had four runs for 15 meters. I know he's a winger; he wasn't getting much ball, but come on, man, you can do more than four runs. 
made five tackles, missed two, and had three errors, and they were fucking horrible handling errors. So. Particularly when you're in a team that you know has lost almost 700 running metres on average uh, between the bodies that are out. You, you, he, and he, we've said it all, all along, he doesn't go looking for work, uh, and that was shown up. And uh, it'll be very interesting to see down the road if he's one of the first Penrith offload if they have salary cap issues. Ollie. I'm going to pot plant Jade Knockenball because he is a pot plant. Uh, I'm going to pot plant Corey Hawira Naira because um, we've wrapped him plenty and plenty, but on the weekend he had 67 minutes for six runs, 36 metres, five missed tackles, oh, I think three missed tackles and two handling errors. So in a game they needed some strike, he was not to be seen. So um, disappointing from him. Uh, salute and let's go slap first uh, And I am going to give the slap to Luke Brooks Ta-da <laughs> Surprise uh, Barney uh, Parramatta's attack As I said for large parts of that game I thought they looked like the Bulldogs And their attack's a lot better than that So I'm going to slap Jade Knockenball Because he was crap <laughs> Wow you've <laughs> taken a real set tonight Well you'll be happy now he's not playing next week So you should need some fresh gear and we'll finish on a good note, Ollie. Have you got a salute? Is it Jaden yeah, Knockenball's barber? <laughs> no, it's Jaden Knockenball because he was the Titans' best player. Let's go. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All righty, Barney. I can't, I can't go anywhere else, man. Fucking three tries, three try assists, 22 runs, 227 metres, 15 tackle busts, three line breaks, four line break assists, four offloads, four tackles, no missed tackles. Tommy Turbo. <laughs> Uh, I figured you might say that, so I'm going to actually make my salute uh, in a much maligned for a much maligned player in a much maligned team, uh, Ben Hunt. Uh, yeah. Tough as nails, clearly. Uh, and you look back on his season; he's been Dragons' best by what is a, a complete just about by daylight. Uh, he was Queensland close to Queensland's best Origin three, and he was uh, leading Queensland in Origin two. Um, he's had a, a I know he, he's copped it for his salary and everything else, but he's had a, a very good year. Uh, and a lot of clubs would be very lucky to have him, I would suggest. 100%. So let's wrap up. That's our, the end of our review show. Jump on Footy and Frothies on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook for more. Uh, big and Empire YouTube channel. And we'll be back shortly to talk all things uh, Round 21.